Welcome to Regrettably Sober, a companion podcast for Was I Drunk by the Salted Peanuts. At Regrettably Sober, we're going to sit back and watch the end of the world together, wishing the liquor hadn't already ran dry. This week, April 21st, we're going to start off our news extravaganza with a story about the Supreme Court, the Lord of the Land the sayers of all that is right and wrong. So Supreme Court came down with a ruling that the abortion pill we talked about last week that's been in the news, uh, Mifsaprone, will remain broadly available during the legal battle, which was a surprise as only two of the Supreme Court justices did dissent, um, which is unusual. You would think with a court as loaded conservative as our current court is, because as we all know, uh, one seat was outright stolen from President Obama, and then uh, Hillary Clinton's incompetence in the 2016 election really uh, led to a plethora of other great outcomes with the court. So now we're sitting with a, what was it, like 6-3 uh, uh, slant. But they went ahead and surprised us all and said it can stay on the shelves during this legal battle. So essentially there's been several lawsuits and there's litigation playing out in lower courts. And what's going to happen is it's going to come all the way to the Supreme Court. They're going to hear arguments. And then they're probably going to decide to go ahead and make it illegal anyways because they're so hardcore slant conservative. Actually, I don't know about this. I think maybe the court at this point, especially more moderate justices like Roberts, I think they are more inclined to not push it too far uh, and maybe let this stay legal. Let states make up their own minds on, you know, what's going to happen with this and uh, whether or not abortion will be legal in their state and access to this will be legal in their state. Of course, though, you've got these two completely jackass conservative justices, Thomas and Alito, who, if the corpse of Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump's mistress took a shit on the Constitution right in front of them in broad daylight on video, somehow they'd manage to miss it and, uh, and rule nothing happened wrong. Um, it just, you look, everyone's tried to play this game for years and pretend with the best of them that the Supreme Court is a nonpartisan body. But it's just a bunch of bullshit. Let's be real about it. It's partisan as anything else. Um, you occasionally have justices who are a conservative or a liberal who rule on the other side of the aisle and stuff. But it's not just a matter of they have diverging views of how the law is interpreted. They have completely diverging views of how the world should be. And they let that influence their opinion, I am sure, 100%. Um, so, you know, that's the reason why, like, okay... So we had a Supreme Court that was a 5-4, right? So five conservatives, four liberals. Um, you know, you had some swing decisions in here and there, things that happened that were unexpected. Like most things, moderation is really the best probably solution. Having a Supreme Court that is so heavily tilted one way or another is just going to lead to bad interpretations of the law. Simple as that. These people are going to use their ideological lens to color everything about it. And Thomas is awful. The man should never been a Supreme Court justice in the first place. I mean, in the 90s during his hearings, all that stuff came out about him, and I think it was Anita Hill was the name of the woman. I mean, I was like eight years old at the time, so you know, I'm amazed I remember that much. Um, but yeah, no, he had like inappropriate sexual contact or he harassed her uh, while she was a clerk, I think, for him. And the man still cleared the Senate because... I don't know, and I want to go back to Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden was in the Senate, and I think he voted for Thomas uh, for the Supreme Court at that time. So that was a great decision uh, there, Joe. 
so here he's sitting slowly decaying on the bench until hopefully someday he just goes away. You know, and then Alito, that was Bush's appointee. Uh, Bush too. Uh, Debbie. <laughs> Not uh, thousand points of light. You know, different Bushes. But no, it was W's job. And, you know, Alito has been also just supremely partisan in his decision-making throughout the history of his time on the bench so far. You know, some people call them reliable conservatives. They're reliable conservatives. Uh, Alito and Thomas, they're very reliable conservatives. Uh, I would call them unreliable patriots because they don't care about the actual country. They care about furthering their view of the world. And I'm sure everyone feels that way at certain points or in certain degrees. But these guys have a supreme, pardon the pun, responsibility. And I think it is irresponsible of them to be so vastly partisan, especially in the current climate. Uh, it is just going to inflame problems and we're going to get more and more division, which we don't need in this country. We don't need any more division. We've got plenty of division as it is. Uh, so let's move on. I've got another story here. This is a more fun story. We love fun stories here at Regrettably Sober. And this is a story about how China is building cyber weapons to hijack enemy satellites. Uh, this is an article here over at Ars Tecana. Um, is that how you pronounce it? Ars Tecana? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so anyways, basically Beijing is trying to come up with solutions, creative solutions to creative problems uh, of disabling enemy satellites. So in the event of a war, I'm sure a nuclear war also, uh, they'd be able to seize control of enemy satellites. Uh, it says here, China's building sophisticated cyber weapons to seize control of enemy satellites, rendering them useless for data signals or surveillance during wartime. I mean, this is nothing new, obviously. The entire history of mankind, opposing sides have found advantages, tried to find advantages in ways to kill the enemy better. We do it all the time as well. Um, but I just really hate this move into space with such an aggressive wartime mentality. Um, I don't think space should be someplace we extend the capability of mankind to kill each other in. That being said, that's naive, I'm sure. I think that that's probably exactly what's going to happen. We're going to settle the moon, and then we're going to fight over it. We're going to settle Mars, and we're going to fight over it. Um, you know, I love Star Trek, but that future is a ways off if we ever get there at all, where we all just sing kumbaya around the campfire and don't try to murder each other over the last s'mores. This was part of a leak by the 21-year-old Air Guardsman we discussed last week, that leak of classified documents, um, and it just kind of disclosed this as a CIA-marked document, apparently, so more fun coming out of this leak story that we talked about. And this is a particular interest because I don't even necessarily think China is directing this just at the West. I think this is all part of their preparations to invade Taiwan, which we discussed last week. You know, this invasion this pending, this uh, almost it seeming inevitable invasion of Taiwan. Uh, it says here in the news story, Taiwan has taken note of how indispensable satellites have been in the Ukraine conflict. And so they're trying to build up their communication infrastructure uh, so they can survive an attack from China. I don't know. It, it seems to me like just one more step in the direction towards their eventual goal of retaking Taiwan. It just amazes me how much of a hard-on China has for Taiwan. It's a, not a huge island. It's not a lot of territory. Just leave them the hell alone. You guys have 
over a billion people living in mainland China. What the hell do you need 23 million more people who don't fucking want to be a part of your country, who have a different set of ideals and values at this point than your country does? You know, when they diverged in the 40s and in the early 50s, yeah, okay, the cultures were very similar. But now they are not. Leave them the hell alone. I think the world would be a whole lot better off if everyone just left each other the hell alone. It shouldn't be that complicated. But of course, we want their stuff. We need their stuff. We always want more. So, greedy, grubby little humans coming to take everything they can get their hands on. Alright. Moving on to my favorite topic is the little orange man with little orange hands. I will be dirty, rotten, traitor, and yes, stupid. This week on Trump Indictment Watch, we have a story here of the AP. Uh, More peril for Trump in Georgia probe than New York indictment, says AP NORC poll. So what we have here is this poll came out, and only 4 in 10 U.S. adults believe Trump acted illegally in New York. That's because 6 in 10 U.S. adults couldn't find their own head if it was shoved up their ass, according to a Cross and Cross poll. They're uninformed. They don't pay attention. They don't understand that, you know, that you can't systematically cheat the U.S. government for decades and uh, get away with it. So what this poll is basically showing is that 41% uh, believe that allegations he covered up hush money payments was illegal. And another 33% do believe something unethical occurred, but not illegal. So, I mean, in total, that's still like 74% believe that he did something shady. But whatever. Uh, the classified documents found in his home, 47% believe that that was illegal. Naughty, naughty Trump. And 17% say on top of that, something unethical, but not illegal. Then 49% for his role in what happened on January 6th. So almost half of the country believes that he did something illegal. Not just, not just unethical. Uh, another 19% say unethical on that one. And then 53% uh, believe he tried to interfere in Georgia's 2020 uh, election vote count. 53%. And there are 12% saying unethical but not illegal. What I'm seeing across these polls entirely is about 14 to 20% of the country is just completely brainwashed and blind. Because they say nothing wrong on all of those. Uh, this man is Christ incarnate. He's come back, praise be to he, to save the United States from the evil dummycrats. Uh, I just don't understand how these people are so flippin' blind. You can be conservative. That's fine. You can have very conservative opinions. That's fine. Are you also blind? Is it part of the condition of conservatism that you also are blind to everything that's obviously right in front of you? The man is a cheat. He's a liar. He's a scammer. He's built you and lied to you, and it's so obvious. But you're so completely just, I don't know, ignorant of the fact. You can't see it. It's right in front of your face. The man is not even a conservative, really. He's not a Christian. And yet you think he is literally the holy man who's come to save our country. Oh, he loves the country more than all the former presidents combined. George Washington and Abraham Lincoln could have had a love child. They would not have loved the country as much as Donald J. Trump. The man doesn't give a shit about anything but himself. He does not. He doesn't care about you. He never has. If you're listening to this and you're all like, I can't believe he'd say that. Oh, my God. Man, you're being lied to. You've been fooled. It doesn't feel good to be fooled. I understand that. 
It doesn't feel good to not know the correct answer to something or to admit when we're wrong. We don't like doing that as human beings, but for the love of God, he is not the Messiah. He is not some, some holy man who's come to save everything. He doesn't care. He's lining his own pockets and laughing behind your back at how stupid you're being for just supporting him blindly. There are other conservatives you could support. I disagree with all of them, pretty much. I don't agree with them, but they are not completely lying to you about everything they believe in. They actually believe some of the nonsense they believe in. So at least support one of them. Stop supporting this con man. He's just destroying our country for his own benefit. (sighs) Okay, calm down. A good lead-in, I suppose, to our next story is how Trump killed the values voter wing of the GOP, and it's not coming back in 2024. So for my entire childhood, I grew up hearing about how the value voters, people who cared about God and country and justice, were the backbone of the Republican Party, and how Democrats just were godless heathens who couldn't do anything but abort babies and have gay premarital sex. Um, and by God, they were going to be stopped by these values voters. Well, in 2016, values voters overwhelmingly went for Trump and they just backed him left and right, even though he couldn't quote one thing from the Bible. Hell, I can quote something from the Bible and I haven't read the Bible since I was 16 years old. Um, the man couldn't quote one thing from the Bible. He claimed he was a Christian. Man's never been a Christian his whole damn life. He's a Christian on paper, you know, I suppose, perhaps, but he's not a real Christian, quote unquote. But that being said, he convinced them all, yes, he was the man to lead them, right? Well, apparently, though, after merely seven years of Trump's lying, philandering nonsense, the values voters are gone. They don't care about Jesus so much anymore when it comes to politics. They care more about just one man, and that's Donald J. Trump. So Mike Pence spent nearly half a dozen of his Sundays in recent months, it says here, it's an article of Politico, speaking at churches around the country, and it's writing an entire book about his faith. Tim Scott is on a Faith in America tour and twice met with pastors in Iowa recently. But guess what? No one gives a shit. They all just want to see Trump. Both these guys are polling in the single digits in the Republican primary for president in 2024, uh, so they are not doing well. And Pence has a lot of name recognition. Hell, he was practically tattooed on Trump's rump uh, for four years, but of course he alienated people by not, you know, violating the Constitution on January 6th, so he kind of took a hit there by being, you know, semi-decent for a split second. But point is, evangelical voters just seem to not care. They want Trump or they want DeSantis. Uh, Two guys who are the antithesis to the message of Jesus Christ. Two men who do nothing but sow division and hate in people's hearts. But somehow, man, they're the ones that God has anointed, right? Look, this is just endemic of what I've always known was happening in the Republican Party. In the 1980s, early 1980s, uh, Reagan pushed really hard with conservatives to weaponize the Christians uh, in this country. Uh, The Christian right arose, okay? And it didn't become so much anymore a matter of just preference for your political choices. It became a matter of what did God want? And somehow they convinced Christians uh, over the course of a decade that God wanted them to vote Republican. 
that the only true way a Christian could vote was Republican. People like Jerry Falwell, people like Pat Robertson, um, people like uh, Rush Limbaugh on the radio pushed this narrative, and they just pushed it over and over again to the point where to be Christian became synonymous with being a conservative. Even though if you look at the message of Jesus Christ, it is almost an antithesis to conservative ideology. Um, Jesus was not a status quo kind of guy. He was a let's shake things up and move forward kind of guy. He was a let's treat each other with respect and love and kindness and give this guy the shirt off your back because he's poor and you're not. And that is not what Republicans stand for. They stand for the accumulation of wealth in this country. They stand for the denial of uh, basic uh, civil liberties to people sometimes. They, they stand for a reduction in benefits to the poor and needy. These aren't things Jesus Christ would have ever supported. Uh, so yet somehow, you are the first choice for evangelicals in this country. Um, and that's just ridiculous. It's, it's weaponizing people's faith and forming more divisive connections in politics for no real reason other than getting votes. And that's, of course, part of the game. But I'm absolutely infuriated because you had a man in office in 1979 who was a good man. He wasn't the best president ever, uh, but he was a good man. He was Jimmy Carter. He was a real Christian. This was a man who actually lived by real Christian values and truly believed in the message of Jesus Christ. And he was defeated by someone who was essentially a, a false prophet, Reagan. Okay, Reagan was underhanded and shady and shitty. And if you ever look up how Reagan won that election with the Iranian hostage crisis, it will make you sick that it happened that way. Um, actually negotiating for them to stay locked up for another couple months so that uh, Carter wouldn't get the credit. Uh, he basically wanted them to be held captive for a few more months. American citizens. That's, that's, a, that's a real patriot right there, Ronald Reagan was. Um, we always look back in rose-tinted glasses with people in the past, and we say, oh, Reagan, da 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 No, Reagan was a big piece of shit. No, he was really the start of the collapse of the Republican Party from what it used to be to this bastardized version of it today. And it's become a real problem, too, within the Christian community because, you know, we're seeing more and more young people turning away from faith in this country, and I'm not a person of faith myself, so I'm not particularly troubled by that, but people who are of faith are troubled by it, and part of it is churches have embraced an ideology that is not going to be compatible with young people's values in this country. Because, believe it or not, there are a lot of young people who are not Christians that act more like Christians than a lot of Christians do. And I said Christians a lot just in the last few seconds, but it's true. And it really frustrates me because the message of Jesus Christ, whether I believe in God or not, the message of Jesus Christ is mostly a very great message. If people live their life by that message, I think the world would be a pretty damn good place. But the problem is we're selfish little shits and we don't live our lives by those messages. We don't live our lives in service to one another. We don't live our lives helping other people and trying to love them unconditionally and not judge them and, and embracing our differences. We spend it dividing each other and uh, hating our neighbor for having a nicer house than we do or having that barking dog or getting mad at the woman on the airplane for having a, a, a screaming toddler. We're going to get to that story here in a second. And it's just, it's frustrating to me. Because conservatism should not be synonymous with Christianity. As a matter of fact, it really, unless conservatives change how they approach it, it shouldn't be in the same ballpark as uh, Christianity. 
And it's just sad. So Trump has finally killed off those value voters, and now the lie has been exposed. They were never truly about values. They were about imposing their own twisted view of shit on other people, their own hatreds, their own resentments, their own disgusts on others. And now it's been laid bare. They never really cared about that shit in the first place. They just used it as an excuse to feel good about themselves and elect people that would do their bidding, uh, their horrible, hateful bidding. So, um, you know, moving on, let's get off of Trump. Uh, thank God. So I can get this blood vessel that's protruding from my forehead back into its proper place. And let's talk about something a little higher, a lot higher. Well, not as high as it could have been, but SpaceX, uh, Elon Musk's, uh, company has been trying to launch Starship. It's their name for this large reusable, uh, space vehicle. They're supposed to be able to take crew and supplies up into space, the largest one ever, basically, and then land again back on the planet, which they've actually proven with smaller rockets. They've done that. Up to this point, we just launch shit into space and let it crash back into the Earth and never use it again, sent in a museum somewhere. Uh, but now we're trying to use reusable launch vehicles, right? Things you can send up into space and come back down and use it again. And that reduces the cost of space travel, which means more people can do it and we can get more experience at doing it. Uh, so anyways, on, on Thursday, they launched this starship, and everyone's clapping, and, oh, it's going up, yay, look at this giant, well, it kind of looks like a dildo, but this giant black phallus uh, thrusting itself into the sky to reach the cold darkness of space and show that humanity can finally, finally unshackle ourselves from the burdensome planet we're on that we're killing. Uh, so they launched this thing and, uh, it's flying up pretty good. It's looking pretty good. Everyone's cheering, you know, in mission control there at SpaceX and it's got 33 engines. This rocket booster does, it gets it off the ground. Okay. And I think like, uh, several of them didn't light up as part of the problem. Okay. But it goes up, it goes up. And then, uh, like most rockets, the booster component is supposed to separate. Okay. From the starship itself. And then the starship's supposed to go into orbit and circle the Earth and come back down and land, okay? Well, so it's two and a half, two and a half minutes after takeoff. Uh, the booster did not, uh, did not separate, and that, of course, caused a massive weight and balance for the trajectory of the uh, starship rocket. And the thing started tumbling back towards the Earth, right? And then the engines cut out, and it exploded, okay? Now, the thing that I thought was hilarious, and first of all, I want this to succeed. I don't like Elon Musk. He's a, he's a tool. But I do want to see reusable space travel. I want to see us get into the stars. Um, not just for the fact that I love science fiction. And I love pushing the envelope of exploration and seeing what's out there. But I also want us to survive as a species. And the only way we're going to do that is getting out into the stars, I think. I mean, even if we stop raping our planet into a coma, um, there's just not enough stuff on one planet for us to ever survive for long, long term. So at this point of consumption, at least, uh, so yeah, so this thing came down, blow up. Now, the funny thing was when it blew up, I'm watching the feed, it goes up, it goes up, it goes up, it comes down, it comes down, it comes down, flips, 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 and blows up. This is what you heard when it launched. Okay. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Woo. It blows up a $3 billion rocket, $3 billion rocket blows up. And Mission Control, you hear, woo, woo, woo. What the hell? They're, they're, they're clapping and cheering. 
at this thing exploding. Now, I understand from a technical perspective, this was a success for SpaceX because they, it's the farthest it's ever launched before. They've tried to launch something before. It's not worked. Um, this is the best it's done, right? So this was a step forward, right? An expensive step forward, but it was a step forward. But what just kills me is just like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a moment to cheer and clap um, to kind of be like, okay, well, good, good job. We've, we've kind of got farther than we did before and we got some good data. So next time we do it again, it's going to be better, hopefully. I wouldn't be like cheering and clapping. That seems, I don't know, kind of like not the right thing to do. Um, but they're defining this as a success. Uh, Musk congratulated his team, said, hey, good job, guys. Get them next time. Uh, so we're going to see where it goes from here. But it was definitely an exciting uh, two and a half minutes to watch. Thankfully, nobody was on the rocket. Uh, this was an unmanned uh, launch. I hope they wait to put people on it until, you know, it doesn't blow up during a test. A few times, maybe even, maybe a few times. Uh, but I want to see us get out to the stars. I really do. I want to see us explore. And <sighs> there's so much universe out there. There's so much stuff out there. We are a speck on a speck on a speck, spinning in the infinite void of space. Uh, there's more out there. There's more to see. There's more to do. And we should endeavor to do that peacefully and as united as we can as a species. Because we're not going to do this alone. This isn't going to be the United States takes on the galaxy. This needs to be planet Earth stops fighting amongst itself and goes out and does something positive in the universe. But we'll see if that happens. We'll see if that happens. Um, moving on to the next story is something that will not increase your faith in humankind's ability to cooperatively work to get into outer space. There's a man on a Southwest flight. He's been in the news. Uh, and I'm uh, looking at a story here, uh, NBC15.com. Uh, so I'm looking at a story here where it says, Lower that baby's voice. Passenger has meltdown on plane because of crying infant. The grown-ass man. This is a grown-ass man. And he's quoted as saying, We are in a fucking tin can with a baby in a fucking echo chamber. <laughs> So this man apparently got very upset because a woman's baby was crying on a flight, okay? And had been crying for about a half an hour, the, the, the uh, news article here says. And it just kills me. You know, it's a crying baby. Maybe you don't have kids. Okay, you don't have kids. You don't know what this is like, okay? But you do have kids, and you still find it completely irritating. It's an innocent little baby. That's all it is. It doesn't know any better. It's not trying to irritate this man. It's not trying to hurt anybody. It's just upset. And sometimes upset babies take a lot to get calmed down. Or they just can't get calmed down. Maybe they're on an airplane, for God's sakes. Perhaps, you know, you know the, the, the popping of the ears is just too much and he just can't get calmed down. Leave the damn baby alone. Be a grown-ass man. Manage your emotions. Like, why would you sit there and snap off at the mother? And he might, some people might go... Oh, well, she shouldn't have taken a baby on an airplane in the first place. Well, you're an asshole. What, she can't take a flight because she has a kid? How about you just act like an adult? You can control your emotions. You can choose how you act, okay? So act like a decent human being and stop being a jackass. Quit judging other people and being hateful. There's no reason to do it. Now, I know I'm saying that right now while I'm judging people and being hateful, but I'm doing it the right way. You all are doing it in the wrong way, okay? I'm judging the judgers, and I'm being a hateful to the haters, okay? So I'm okay, they're not. 
That's the way I'm looking at this. Um, look, I get it's frustrating. I get it's annoying. Bring some damn headphones. Put them on. Noise cancel that shit out, okay? Manage your emotions. Stop hating on other people for no good reason. It's a little bitty baby. Don't be a douchebag, okay? Just don't be a douchebag. Uh, last story I want to talk about here on today's episode of Regrettably Sober is Florida's expansion of the Don't Say Gay Bill. You know, DeSantis is absolutely just hitting home run after home run here. Let me tell you what. So he's throwing a temper tantrum with Disney. We all know that. He's been losing his absolute mind over, like, transgender this and transgender that, and I want to pass a parental rights, quote-unquote, bill. Let's parents get control from these evil teachers teaching your kids about things like equality. And being nice to each other. Oh, I'm sorry. That sucks, right? Uh, they're indoctrinating your children to be trans. Oh, my God. No, they're fucking not. Okay? No, they're not. They're absolutely not. They're teaching children not to be assholes. Because, unfortunately, their parents are kind of assholes. And we're trying to counter that, I guess, for a second. So DeSantis signs this bill that was passed by the Florida legislature, which has been uber-controlled by conservatives uh, for a while now. And I guess it's an expansion of the previous bill that got him all in a tizzy and his panties in a bunch. Um, and it's going to go ahead and expand it into more classrooms. I think the original bill only applied to elementary level classrooms. Now it moves all the way through, I think, to high school uh, or at least through middle school. So point is, the whole idea is we can't talk about anything related to sexuality and uh, gender identity uh, in classrooms anymore, right? In Florida, teachers cannot talk about LGBTQ issues. They can't talk about anything. So if they have a student come to them and, you know, ask, you know, what's it mean to be transgender? They're going to say, I can't talk to you about that, right? The problem is this, like so many conservative laws, are aimed at fixing problems that don't exist, okay? There is not some massive wave of educators in this country overstepping their bounds and, like, you know, pushing it on kids to be transgender or this, that, and the other, okay? Or pushing on them to be gay or lesbian. Are there isolated incidents? Well, of course, I'm sure there are because it's a huge country and there's a lot of people. And yeah, of course, there are some teachers that are assholes and do something like that. That's not what most teachers do. So what these Republicans love doing is picking anecdotal stories, right? One person did it out of 30,000, out of a million, whatever. And then using that as justification to make some freaking stupid-ass law that gets them the news and makes it seem like there's a big problem. And, oh, my God, can you believe this? Protect our children. Literally, behind DeSantis in this picture are a bunch of kids he's using as political props, a bunch of children holding signs say, protect children, protect children. These children were not in fucking danger. Letting a teacher have a conversation with a student who needs to know or wants to know about you know, well, what's it mean to be a male or female? What's it mean to be, to have these feelings of transgender or whatever? Is such a ridiculous shit-ass thing to do. It's just to get votes. That's all this is, to get in the news and get votes. To make people go, oh my God, I can't believe that's happening in schools. Well, it's not, it's not happening in schools. They made it up. And now they're using that to get you all worked up so you won't vote for their opponents and you'll come vote for them instead. It's a bunch of bullshit. And that's what they do over and over again. They create these stupid fucking controversies where a controversy does not exist. And then they push it to get votes. It's happened over and over, over and over and over and over and over. And it's getting so frustrating because if you watch the news at all, if you pay attention at all, you can see those patterns. And why don't people wise up? Why don't they wise up to what's happening? It's like they're just pulling the wool over your eyes. 
And it's a trick as old as time, but here they are doing it again. So it says here, uh, the big worry in this article from The Hill is that this could release a flood of book bans. That teachers, school districts, administrators will pull certain books over a fear of running afoul of this new law, right? Uh, it says opponents of the bill have voiced concerns the 20-page measures at times broad language may allow even persons outside of Florida to challenge books in state schools. So a person in Alabama's got a problem with something in a Florida book, let's go ahead and file a lawsuit about it, right? Uh, it also says here that uh, it's going to extend the ability to challenge uh, learning materials uh, to all individuals regardless of whether they have children in the public school system. So before it was, parents could challenge this. They could come and say, I don't believe this should be taught in school. By the way, great idea. Let's let the non-expert come tell the experts what should and shouldn't be taught in classrooms because they graduated high school, maybe. Uh, this is Florida we're talking about after all, so maybe not. Um, it says the law would allow people to challenge any book that depicts or describes sexual conduct. What the fuck does that mean? That's a broad-ass piece of language for a law, right? What do you define as sexual conduct? Just talking about it? Talking about your gender? Talking about kissing? Is that sexual? Sexual conduct to me, kissing is. So if a book says something about kissing, are we now suddenly saying that that has to be banned from our schools? First of all, I don't like book bans in the first place. My name's not Goebbels. I'm sorry. My name's not Himmler or Hitler. I don't like book bans. Um, people should be able to read whatever the hell they want to read, including shit that's hateful, I guess, you know? If someone wants to go buy a copy of Mein Kampf and read it, go right ahead. Knock yourself out, you little wannabe skinhead. I don't care. But, dude, we shouldn't be banning books in this country. Books relay ideas. Ideas are good and important. We're getting people to simply start thinking and talking more. And the more thinking and talking we do, the better off we're going to be as a nation. We should never be banning books. It's just ridiculous to me. Um, it says here, if a request is denied, the school district must immediately discontinue the use of the material. This is just ridiculous. Um, parents under the proposed law would also be entitled to request the state education commissioner appoint a special magistrate to step in if the parent disagrees with the local school board's determination on a book challenge. So it's letting an individual person, and by the way, there are some crazy, crazy-ass people out there. Anybody, anybody at all can now raise their hand in the state of Florida and say something like, well, I don't like that book on slavery because it describes how masters and white people used to rape their slaves at times and rape's a sexual act, so you can't have that book in schools. Well, now we're not teaching kids the realities of what happened under slavery. It's important they know the true brutality and horrible conditions we treated slaves in in this country okay i'm not about going down to a third grader and being like and by the way the master raped his slaves no I, but it's a age appropriate level they need to be taught the truth about what happened not some whitewashed watered down version these be textbooks in the south in the 1960s that describe slavery as basically they worked for free they worked for free why were textbooks like this because idiot ass racists were allowed to make it that way. Simple as that. We're trying to return to a time where idiot ass people can overrule the educated professionals and determine what children learn in public schools. Public schools are to educate you 
educate our children so they are better citizens, not to hide from them the realities of the world, not to keep them in some narrow-minded worldview because that's what you prefer as a parent. You want to go ahead and indoctrinate your children, do it at home. A public school has to teach the truth. It has to teach reality. We cannot be removing books from schools because they present information that you personally feel is uncomfortable. If you don't like the way the school is teaching that issue or that, 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 that topic, then feel free to tell your kids when they get home, hey, this is what I believe, okay? But we're not going to change the whole fucking curriculum because Jim Bob Joey over here can't read past second grade level and doesn't like the fact that this book talked about uh, sexuality in a way he's not comfortable with. Well, quite frankly, I could give less than two fucks about what he's comfortable with. What I care about is educating children in a way that is appropriate, that is informative, and that makes them better citizens and better people. Okay? So I could really care less. <sighs> okay, so remember, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe, and please subscribe to Also Was I Drunk, a new episode coming out this weekend. We had some real fun recording that one, so please check it out. Until next week, the bottle may be dry, but please don't cry. Have a seat and laugh at the end of the world with me.